Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages. We've been speaking for a while about obedience. How many of you have just been blessed with the word on obedience? Just nice and high. How many of you have been challenged on the word on obedience? Yeah, so we're going to... I haven't felt the release yet. I'm being obedient. God says we've got to speak some more on obedience. And, and so, so I'm just... It's not, I didn't plan a series, but I just feel like God's just, just working on our hearts uh, as we go. And um, I'm going to open up to Hebrews 10, um, verse 37. And the question I have today is, what is the fruit of obedience? Hebrews 10, verse 37. What does that say? Okay. Let's not go there yet. (laughs) No, verse 35. All right. It says, Do not therefore... Fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance. How many of you need some patience and endurance? Put your hands up. How many of you think uh, your husbands need some patience and endurance? All right. All right, um, so you have need of patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive and carry away what is promised. For still a little while he's coming and he won't delay, but the just shall live by faith. And if he draws back and shrinks in fear, my soul has no delight or pleasure in him. So God's God's saying this morning, in obedience there is confidence. Say that with me. In obedience there is confidence. So what leads to confidence is obedience. Alright? So the more obedient you are, the more confident you become. Now we went we like to go to the pump track with our kids, take their bikes and the one day we went to the pump track and, you know, Ethan was just getting used to, to riding and we get to this, you know, get to the big, you know, you, and there's a little practice area where you can practice. How many of you know what the pump track is? All right. How many of you don't know what the pump track is? Okay. So it's just over the road here or just in, in, in Queensland area. There's a nice place where you can take your kids with bikes and it's nicely tarred, but there's these yields and ups and downs and turns and, and all of that. And it's, it's so much fun for the kids. So anyway, we there, Ethan's practiced on the little pump track and now we go to the big track where the yields are a little bit bigger. And he's at the top of the yield and I'm like, Ethan, you need to go. He's like, no, daddy, I'm not going. I'm like, bro, you, you need to go. Like, like, really, I paid an entrance fee. We, <laughs> we need to go. And he's like, no, no ways, not happening. And if you know Ethan, he digs in his heels. Like, the guy still hasn't eaten an onion to this day. Like, <laughs> and no amount of threatening will make him. All right, but on this day, I mean, we've, we've trained him how to ride bike. We've, he's ridden down the, down the hill at school, uh, at home, and, and now it's like, 
Bro, there is endless joy awaiting you. All you need to do is just go. And eventually I'm like, listen, boy, now you're being disobedient. <laughs> I was encouraging up until this moment, but now you have to go. And he's like, no, daddy, no, daddy, no, daddy, no, daddy. And I'm like, you have to go or else there's going to be trouble. And I'm like, whew. And I send him down the hill, whoop, goes down, comes up at the other end, and I'll never forget his face. I'm like, that was so bad. <laughs> and that was it. That's all he needed. He needed just a, a push. And, and he needed to just listen because on the other side there was this. There's just, so now we go, and he's just all over the show and enjoying it. How many of you would love a push? Just put up your hand. <laughs> so some of us, we're standing at the, at, the, at, the, at the beginning of the best time of our lives. And we're afraid. And, and God's like, you need to be obedient. You need to just trust me on this one. There's no other way for you to enter into my freedom than right now, in this situation, in this moment. And if you don't say yes, it ain't going to happen. And I've already paid a price. And you, yeah, and you, you, you know, sometimes we just have to go, okay, God, dunk, let it go. And God gives you a push. And Hebrews 5 verse 8 and 9 says, Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. What? And making him... Perfectly, he became the author and source of eternal salvation to all of those who give heed and obey him. So Jesus, even in his suffering, even as the Son of God, had to learn obedience through his suffering. But he did it so that we can now, in obedience, receive his blessing. Isn't that amazing? That's so awesome. I was just so encouraged by that. Now, I, don't, I know as we've been speaking about obedience for a couple of weeks, some anxiety has been building up in some people's hearts. Like, what do I have to let go of? What do I have to hear God for? Where do I have to go? So I'm just going to share this Proverbs. It's just for you. Proverbs 12 verse 25 says, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down, but an encouraging word makes it glad. So I want to say today's message is an encouraging word on obedience. And my hope is that it will make you glad. Now, Bernadine and I are coming at to the end of raising little children. For other people, it's not so. <laughs> but we're, we're, we're at the end. We, we're at the end of raising little children. Next year, all of our kids will be in a primary school together. So we're kind of in the middle ages when it comes to, to raising kids in, in the middle phase. And we've learned some lessons from raising little children with regards to obedience. And I'm going to give you those lessons. The first lesson is you need to own your own mess. Okay? The first lesson is you need to learn to own your own mess. So the road to cycling success for our kids started when they were drinking milk and it wound its way past rice porridge to settle on fish fingers and mash. But how many of you know for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction? You know what I'm talking about? And so children have to be taught 
what to do with fish fingers and mash when their bodies have finished using them. Someone say amen. <laughs> Anyone know, know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Bernadine successfully introduced our children to etiquette by locking our house down for two weeks. Each time a child needed to be learned, taught how to deal with their mess, how to look after their own mess. And uh, she would spend two weeks following a potential mess around. How many, any mom's been in, the, in that space where you've got a potty and you're like just following kids around in case of a potential mess? It's encouraging, huh? <laughs> the point is, is the less responsible you are, the less you look after your own mess. That, that's the journey that little kids take. So a kid on a bike is actually testament of a long journey of teaching them how to take ownership of their own mess until they get to the place where they're confident enough to get on their bikes. And God wants us to be confident enough to get on our own bikes. This is the real deal. If you've got little kids that don't know how to look after them, what, what do you spend your time doing as a parent? You constantly spend your time looking after their mess. And in obedience, God wants to bring us to a place where we, don't have to, where we have to look after our own mess. We're not just waiting for God to clean up behind us, because he doesn't. He's waiting for us to learn how to look after our own mess. And so, authority, the deeper you go into obedience, the more authority you are given. The deeper you go into obedience, the greater your command comes. Authority is responsibility. And so from a young age, we're teaching children to be responsible. But God is teaching us to be responsible. I can only have authority when I've paid a price. Does that make sense? I can only have authority when I've paid a price. So I can only tell Ethan to ride his bike. And I only have authority to tell Ethan to ride his bike now because I paid the entrance fee. Does that make sense? <laughs> I've paid a price, so God is, I've got authority. And it is that way in our lives. There is a price we need to pay for our authority. Now, when Peter and them were doing amazing miracles, I mean, they would just... The, the, they would just have handkerchiefs that, that people would touch and people would get yield. There were some Jewish exorcists, the Bible says, and uh, they decided they want to do the same. They're going to follow the same principle. They're going to follow the same technique. And so they start casting out demons and the demons come out and say what? Jesus we know. Paul we know. But who are you? And then the demons went into them. The Bible says, and they chased them out naked into the streets. Okay? So that's what happens. That's literally what happens when we try and step into authority without paying the price of obedience. See, the difference between Paul and, and Peter and the apostles was they were living a life of obedience, so God gave them the authority to do signs and wonders. But if you come and try and do those same signs and wonders without the authority of Jesus Christ, without, with, without being obedient to his word, 
that situation is going to expose you, is going to embarrass you because you don't have obedience, because you don't have authority for the situation. Now, responsibility is commitment, it is teaching, it is guiding, it is comforting, it is restoring, it is discipling, it is cleaning up. And as parents of little kids, we first had to go through that whole process of comforting, of cleaning, of teaching, of guiding, of restoring. And so we grow in our authority as parents because of the price we pay in training up our own children. And so it goes. And so God gives us more responsibility the more we are obedient to his word. But there's something I just realized uh, as I was thinking about this. Jesus gave us the authority because of his obedience. So what that means is, is that what he did on the cross is he gave us the power that whenever we step into obedience and wherever we act in obedience, we can receive the, the, the gift of that. We can receive, what did we start off with? We can receive and carry away the reward. But without Jesus, like the Jewish exorcists, without Jesus, and, and the Israelites before their time, they continuously tried to obey the law and never received a reward. But now there's a new kind of obedience. It's obedience to the person of Jesus Christ, not obedience to a law. Does that make sense? <laughs> there's a heart-to-heart obedience. And so for the first time, because of Jesus Christ's obedience... We can be blessed through our own obedience to him, not to a set law, not to a set, you know, a, a set of ways of doing things or to a tradition or to circumstance. So, so God gives us the ability now to actually receive the reward through our obedience. But he wants us to grow up and he wants us to eat and drink of, of that relationship, which is fullness in, in relationship with him. And in Hebrews 5.13 it says, For everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously an inexperienced and unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for full-grown men, for those whose senses and mental faculties are trained by practice to discriminate and distinguish between what is morally good and what is evil. So God is inviting us as well. He's saying, first lesson is take care of your mess. The second part of that first lesson is get off the milk. Grow up from being an infant and become an adult who is responsible in obedience to his word. Does that bless someone this morning? Awesome. All right. Second lesson, lesson number two is, no, what did I, lesson number two is from hand to heart. Courage becomes success. Eventually there's a moment where courage becomes success and a child balances a moving bicycle without training wheels. How many of you know what that feels like? This is a moment of celebration. This is a moment where your hand as a parent is released off the bike. And something changes. Some control comes in. The, 
the heart goes, of the child goes, I can do this. This is, and then it's from that moment that it becomes the chance. It's from that moment when your hand goes off the bike that you go, that the child goes, wow, I, I can. This is awesome. This is amazing. And this is what God did through the law. He had his hand on the bike. He had his hand on, on, on the people. And wherever they go, he's got his hand on. And then he's like, I'm going to take the training wheels off. And we're like, no, daddy, no, daddy, no, daddy. <laughs> and he takes the first one off, takes the second one off, and off you go. But some of us like the training wheels. Some of us don't want to let go. We like the hand on the bike. And God's saying this morning through obedience, he's saying, I want you to move from the hand to the heart. I want you to experience my heart for you more than my hand upon you. Because my heart has got so much more freedom. So much, there's such a bigger expanse when you go with my heart than when you go con- continuously under my hand. There's so much more freedom. In fact, in Jeremiah, um, let me just find that, that reference here. Jeremiah 31, verse 32. Uh, let me just read that um, directly. Jeremiah 31, verse 32 and 33. Says, or 31, let's go to 31. Behold, the days are coming... When I make a new covenant with the house of Israel, not according to the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, although I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is a covenant which I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, I will put my law within them on their hearts and I will write it and I will be their God and they will be my people. So something strange happened with the Israelites when his hand was upon them. They tended to want to disobey. And God's saying, that covenant doesn't work anymore. That picture doesn't work anymore. There is a temptation to disobey when my hand is on you. But if I release my hand and I live inside of your heart and I live inside of your mind, I will give you a new life, a new freedom. So I want you to picture that in obedience sometimes it's saying, God, will you take my hand off of me so that I can live with your spirit in my heart. Does that make sense? (laughs) That's what happens in that moment. And God has a great desire for us to enjoy life. Can you think of a good purpose to why we teach our kids to ride bikes and why it's such a big moment? It's purely enjoyment. We want them to experience the joy of freedom. A bicycle is a symbol of freedom. If you've ever gone camping with your kids and you release them into the campsite, off they go. It's like the biggest joy they can have. And that's the kind of joy God wants to give us. He wants to give us the kind of joy where he says, listen, my spirit is in you. My heart is in you. Now start listening. Start listening to the unctions. Obedience isn't my hand on you, turning you left and right. If my hand is on you, turning you left and right every way, then that means you're not growing up. You're not mature. You're not living in obedience. 
So I'm going to take my hand off. And I'm going to allow my spirit to come through your heart so that you can experience real freedom. God is excited to see us go and discover his word. To find out that his word is true. To find out and experience the joy of being totally free. And then from time to time we will fall. How many of you have ever fallen off a bike? All right. How many of you haven't fallen off a bike yet? Can I just see? How many of you? All right. So a few people haven't. Okay. But so I guess the rest of you have and you didn't put up your hands. Just for. for. <laughs> the point is, we will fall. When you try and go in his. If, if you're going to try, you, you're going to hit moments where. Oops. Pa. Lesson number three is maturity does not come with time. It's not like a good wine. A lot of people think that their maturity comes with age. I've met some older people that lack a lot of maturity. (laughs) Maturity doesn't come with age. Maturity doesn't come with time. The fact that you're older than someone doesn't make you wiser. Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, don't discount your, your youth. Why did he say that? Because he was, Timothy was living in obedience. And he had to lead those that were older than him. But maturity comes every time you fall and every time you get back up. And every time you go back to God and say, all right, all right. What lesson can I learn? What, what wisdom can you give me? Holy Spirit, will you guide me? That's where maturity comes from. God knows our journey will be messy. And sometimes our journey will take longer than expected. But that's what His grace is for. None of our mess, none of our accidents surprise God. But there's a big difference between those who fall, get back up and try again, and those who walk away from the difference. I want to say this this morning. There's a big difference between falling while trying and failing not trying. There's a huge difference between falling while trying and failing while not trying. I did recently fall off my bike. Cycling with the kids, I decided to show off, hit first gear, go as fast as I can. And the chain slipped out under me and I hit the tar as hard as possible. I couldn't have hit it harder. No fun. (laughs) But before that, before that, I was at home, safe, in the safety of my room. The kids had said, Daddy, we're going to go ride bike. And I thought, yeah, you know, a cup of coffee in the house would be nice now. If I hadn't gone, I wouldn't have fallen. (laughs) But I went out because I'd made a dedication in that week. And when I get back from work, I'm going to spend more time with my kids. When I get back from from here and and I go back home in the afternoon, I'm going to spend time, quality time with my kids, enjoying outside time, enjoying the, the best time of the day together. Because so often we come home and we're like, oh, I just want my own quiet time. And then God's saying, no, you've got to get out there. Get busy. Be active. 
And so I fell trying. But I didn't fail not trying. <laughs> I didn't sit in my home and this, this um, I want to say, um, and not listen to the voice, the voice inside that said, get out there, have fun with your family, be with them, try, go for it. Not that I can't ride bike, it's just, you know. <laughs> so there's a difference between falling while trying and failing by not trying. And so many people are so afraid of the fall that they don't listen to the, the yes, or they don't say yes to the voice of God. And that's a daily challenge. It's a daily challenge that we have to face. All of us face if you have a vision that requires faith, does anyone in this room got a vision that requires faith? Okay. That means it's scary. That means there probably is going to be some kind of a risk out there. But you know what? God's going, go for it. You've got this. You've got this. You can do it. We spoke earlier, and when I first spoke about obedience, we said God's just looking for our yes. And when we say yes, he sorts out the details. It's not our job to go and sort out all the details if God has said go. That's why in Hebrews 11 it speaks of Abraham, it speaks of Moses, it speaks of Gideon, it speaks of all the heroes of the Bible who said yes. And it says even though they didn't even receive the fullness of the promise, they still said yes. Remember we said in the beginning, that obedience calls us to say yes. Now, just like maturity isn't, doesn't come with time, neither does your promotion. Promotion doesn't come with time. Rank doesn't come with time. Position doesn't come with time. What qualifies you is the loudness of your yes. That's what qualifies you more than anything. And that loudness of your yes is your commitment to the Word of God in your life. What is God speaking to you? I want to challenge you further this morning, and I see this in so many people. I want to ask, are you being pushed or pulled? What I mean by that is, so often we need to make a change in our lives, or we do decide to make a change in our lives. We decide to end a commitment, go somewhere else, do something different, and I'm asking you, are you being pushed out or pulled up? Whenever someone is making a big change, I'm trusting that they're being pulled up to something greater. Does that make sense? Are you giving up or are you being called up? Whoa. <laughs> Think about this. Are you giving up or are you being called up? And I hope the answer is called up. That's really the test of obedience. God doesn't want us to give up when the going is tough. And when the going is tough, when it gets tough, it's never a good reason to give up what you currently have been obedient in. Never, ever, ever. As Christians, you know, I was speaking to someone who was considering giving up. I was saying, but that is not what a believer does. A believer believes. A believer has faith. A believer never ever gives up. 
It's never a good reason. There is nothing to do. Come on. The word says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So when you say, oh, I'm going to do this because it's too hard. No, you're giving up. <laughs> there, is, there is never a good reason to give up. There is always, and by that I mean give up something that God has given you. Sometimes God gives us the very blessing we need. And as it gets hard, we go, oh, but maybe this wasn't God because it's hard. Hard is not difficult, does not mean from God or not from God. That, that's not what defines whether it's from God or not from God. What defines whether it's from God or not from God is, is his voice in this. Did he call you into this? Did he place you here? And when it gets tough, are we going, oh, you know, um, and we give up what God has given us? No, we do not give up. Believers do not give up. Believers do not back down in fear. The moment we back down in fear, we deny the faith that God has given us. And God's standing there saying, I've given you everything. I'm in, my, I'm in your heart. I'm in your spirit. Do not give up. But then ask God, I'm waiting for the call. And God gives the call when we step up in maturity. When we grow in maturity. And we grow in maturity by, step, by getting up every single time. Saying, God, I know you said this. I know you called me to this. I know you placed me in this position. And man, that hurt. But I'm going to go again. I'm going to try again. I'm going to do it again. And 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 then God calls us up. That's one of the biggest lessons in obedience. Is we never back down when we fall. But we get up and we do it again. Stephen Furtick said. And I just kind of laughed when he said it. But um, now I must get that word right. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hash it. <laughs> I'm not even going to repeat it now. I'm, I'm forgetting the, the key word. You know when you forget a key word in your punchline? Just abandon it. I'm giving up on that one. <laughs> All right, so I remember what he said. He said, some people go to Scripture <laughs> looking for a sedative instead of looking for strength. And we can't go to God looking for a sedative when it's tough. God's not going to sedate you because then you're useless. <laughs> He's going to give you strength. He's going to give you the courage and the ability. So I, I got scared of that word sedative because there's other words with S that mean other things. Anyway, <laughs> I, oh, this is what I said. Just don't say, God, some people are looking for a suppository instead of a... <laughs> okay, so I was scared of that one. I was like, I'm, I'm going to butcher this one. <laughs> some people are looking for a sedative. They come to God and they say, God, will you sedate me? This is so tough. This is so hard. And God's saying, <laughs> you need strength. You need faith. You need to believe. You need to be obedient. Amen.
If you guys are all obedient, I won't share another obedient sermon. <laughs> if I'm obedient, come on. So let's stand and just commit our lives to being obedient to God. Yo, Father, we want to commit ourselves to being obedient to your word, to being obedient to every unction. And Lord, we know you will never leave us. We know you will never forsake us. Your word says you're the father to the fatherless. So we are not forsaken. We are not left alone. But Father, today we want to respond again to your voice and commit our lives to being obedient to your presence. We thank you for your word that is so rich, that is so real, that is so alive in our hearts. And I pray this morning that our every thought, our every decision, and our every action will be in response to your word. It will not be a reaction to what the world throws at us, but a deep inner response to your presence that's inside of us. And so, Father, I just ask that you will help us where we've perhaps left a mess behind. Father, help us come and clean up that mess. Give us the courage to go back to where we've made a mistake. Say, Father, will you help me bring forgiveness and restoration into this moment? Will you help me clean up what I broke down? Thank you that you give me the strength to clean up what I broke and what I missed. Father, we ask, Lord, that we will trust you and that we will allow you to take your hand off our bikes and that we will trust the word that is so rich inside of us. Move us from hand to heart. Father, we thank you again for your presence that is so alive in our hearts this morning. And God, I ask, Lord, that we will mature and become wise in your presence in response to your word. If there are people in this room this morning that are close to giving up or afraid of continuing, I ask, Lord, that you will just, in your mercy and your grace, come and cover every person in this room this morning with incredible, incredible courage to do it again to do it again, to do it again, to do it again. We know, Father, that there are promises that have gone out over people in this room that haven't, and they haven't seen the fruit of those promises, Father. And some, in some cases, it's been because there's been a fear to press in and press further. And so, Father, we call your Spirit upon them, the greatness of your Spirit upon them, and we thank you for incredible courage and incredible faith upon every person standing in this room this morning. We thank you, Father, that you've called us to never give up, to never let go of your promises over our lives. And so we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we just give God just glory and honor this morning? Thank you, Father. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages.